previously on Just Cow in the City. But the rings were like $100 a piece. $7.70 more to deluxe the sandwich. Knowing there were going to be like 10 people in my apartment, I cannot afford to live here if getting a couple of Yoo-Hoo's is going to be $71. There's a fucking parade outside. This is the exact Andrea Martin thing all over again. Oh my God, it's Joyce DeWitt. Hotcha, just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Just Gow in the City. I am Dave Just Gow, and this is the week before Thanksgiving. I mean, the week of Thanksgiving, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving 2022. We made it already. I mean, again, I point back to me saying on September, on Labor Day, boy, it's going to be Thanksgiving before you know it, and it comes up fast. This is such a short season. It's the best season and you, if you live in Buffalo this weekend, wow, it must suck there. Six feet of snow. That's hilarious. I don't know. It just is. I mean, what do I care? I really couldn't care less about six feet of snow or six inches of snow. Obviously, I live in New York City. It doesn't matter. It does affect my gambling, but it doesn't because if you've heard anything about it, and of course, this is coming out on Tuesday, all that will be done. They moved the football game to Detroit because if you got problems in Buffalo that you can't handle snow, that's a big snowstorm. But here's the funny, interesting thing is that they're saying this is a historic storm. It's never happened before. You know, this lake effect snow, whatever the hell it is. I am certainly not a denier of climate change or any of that stuff. Uh, absolutely not. I believe in it 100%. What I don't believe is that these uh, media people and the meteorologists should say this has never happened before. We don't know. It might have happened. It might happen. I've told you this a hundred times. Sometimes weather patterns go in hundred-year cycles. They've only been keeping weather reports for the past 120 years. So if this had happened in the 16 or 1700s, well, you know, the Indians weren't giving us reports back then. So it's very possible even more snow than this could have happened, and we just don't know about it. So you can't really say it's never happened before because it could have even happened 200 years ago. I mean, we only know the stuff that's documented. I point out 100 times. The reason why we know it was hot on July 4th on 1776 is because, you know, somebody wrote about it. Jesus Christ, it was goddamn fucking hot when we signed that Declaration of Independence. So that's how we know they took temperature reports every day in Congress. And that's why we know 200 years ago or so, it was really hot on the 4th of July. But many times, like this year, I don't think it was hot on the 4th of July. So whatever the case may be, weather is fun as long as it doesn't impact me Dave Juskow. That's the most important thing. When I was doing my shows at the Comedy Cellar years ago, 
I would look at that weather and be so uptight if it was going to rain or snow. I'm like, oh, my God, nobody's going to show up because that's how I was making my living. And now it's all depleted. I can never do it again. And speaking of the comedy cellar, we have stuff to talk about about that today. But my goodness, I guess I'll just open. What a dramatic week I had this week. Again, another classic week. I told you I was going to Yankee Stadium. I'll tell you about that in a second. But let's begin as soon as we signed off. Oh, and by the way, this is the 398th episode of Just Gow in the City. Next week, I guess I'll tape after Thanksgiving. It'll be the 399th and then the 400th. And Marcy, our beautiful friend Marcy, uh, gave me an idea telling me that Family Guy is also doing their 400th episode. So maybe I could just have Alex Hulkin on, and he's a joy and great. And and then at least, you know, we'll be acknowledging, and I'll just say, you know, we'll go through things like, you know, what's happened since... Uh, just Count the Cities had 400 and, uh, you know, the the non-successes and the other success and some of the writers and creators of Family Guy have gone on to in their 400 episodes. But maybe that's something. Really, again, I don't care. I mean, I care. I got to acknowledge it somehow, but I don't want to have, like, guests and stuff because I love doing what we're doing. And I know you guys like it, too. You don't like when I have guests on. You know, we have guests on the Tuesday show if we want them. I don't even want to have guests on that show now. I'm getting so goddamn lazy. And it's not even lazy. It's not a lazy. It's just I think I'm getting upset, you know, because I'm canceling and stuff. I just feel like a big loser to even ask people anymore. I just don't have the same cachet that I used to have when I was working at the cellar every uh, month or so. You know, I mean, it's a problem and I got to get it back and I know I can get it back. And these things go in cycles like the weather patterns especially for Dave Juskow, but I was talking to our good friend Lindsay, who is, uh, you know, uh, two weeks, three weeks away from having a kid. She said, 2023 is going to be my year. <laughs> and I, Everybody says that every year, but uh, no, it, it it has to be, right? Because uh, the other years haven't been, so 2023, the year of the cow. But when we signed off last week, and that Friday, it was crazy. Three people died. I always have my phone on airplane mode, so after I finish, I turn it on, and then I got all these reports. You know, David tells always the first one to tell me. Uh, three people that died. Well, I mean, he told me the big one, which, of course, was Gallagher, the watermelon smasher, the comedian Gallagher. And that was, I, you know, I guess hilarious. I, You know, you don't want to be rude, but, all you know, as we know, all of our favorite comics are dying. I don't know if he was anybody's favorite comic. Gallagher, but if you're Catalina and you're young and from Chile, Gallagher was this comic in the 80s who, if I'm describing him to you, Catalina, I couldn't possibly describe how this man became a household name. I mean, I could describe it, but you wouldn't understand. You, you would, If you watched some of his videos, which are totally available on YouTube, you'd set you just sit there and go like, Americans are retarded. I mean, there's just no other word for it. I mean, this guy was huge. We forget because we realize now he, it was just stupid. We knew then, but then somebody has to be that guy. And this guy Gallagher, as you guys all know, technically a comedian. I mean, that was the worst part of his show is that he would do jokes 
And you're like, just get to smashing the goddamn watermelons. And then at the end of the show, I mean, you smash a bunch of stuff. But I'm saying, uh, again, if I'm talking just to Catalina, this guy at the end of his show, he'd have a sledgehammer and a watermelon and put on goggles. Everyone in the first few rows had, it was called the splash zone. You had to wear a raincoat <laughs> that maybe they provided for you or you had to bring your own because he would take a sledgehammer and smash the watermelon and it made him so much money and a huge star that I remember in the 80s in a Facts of Life episode, <laughs> the B plot was that Tootie and uh, Mindy Cohen were going to a Gallagher concert and they had their raincoat and goggles. Mrs. Garrett's like, what, what is going? Why are you bringing a raincoat and goggles? Now I'm doing Aunt B, uh, but to assume it's Mrs. Garrett. Like we're going to a Gallagher concert. Well, we were talking about what makes people laugh. There are a lot of different kinds of senses of humor, and this man does rather bizarre things. His name is Gallagher, and he will be appearing uh, at the Calaveras County Frog Jumping Contest. <laughs> Here is Gallagher. Then what do you do, gang? It's simple. You reach for the tool that is not a slicer. It's not a dicer. It's not a chopper and a hopper. What could it possibly be? Hey, the mystery is over. It is Sledge-O-Matic. Hey! Now, I know what some of you are saying. Sure, he can do it with an apple. Sure, he can do it with a potato. But can he do it with a watermelon? I may or may not have the watermelon. That depends upon your reaction to the rest of my show. You people up front ought to be real interested in that. We're going to a Gallagher concert. How can that have happened? Why did we let this happen? This is all on us. This is one of the reasons uh, all the people who are in office who are my age now are just not fit to govern. We let this happen. Gallagher. Oh, my goodness. He sucked. But he was interesting in the fact that he just had a look about him and an, like a weird hairdo and or no hair but hair on the sides and and this sledgehammer bit, and, it, and he sold out arenas. I mean, like, you know, the garden and stuff like that. I mean, it was sick. I don't know if you ever played Madison Square Garden. I don't have to explain to you, you know, how big Gallagher was, right? So as far as I know, off the top of my head, I didn't do any research beforehand. He sold the act at some point in the 90s or in the 2000s to his brother and called it Gallagher 2. His brother was completely bald, wasn't a funny guy at all, and just said, somebody's got to take on the tradition because people love watching get watermelons get smashed. So his brother was Gallagher, too, and I guess he made some money, and I don't even think they were friends or close. I don't know what the issue was. All I know is that there was a Gallagher, too, and no one could give a shit. The, you know, the, is it really necessary to continue the a horrible tradition of stand-up comedy that shouldn't have even existed in the first place. But like I said, it's like with the legendary Wid, you know, my favorite prop comic of all time, somebody's got to be that guy. I just don't want it to be me, and Adele doesn't want it to be him, and Sarah doesn't want it to be her. So we loved that somebody had something, something different to do, even though, you know, I never knew Gallagher, and I really couldn't care less. Now, that all being said... I'm positive in one of the podcasts of out of the 400, maybe 100 ago, maybe, yeah, it must have been 100 ago. It must have been more than that because it'd be three years, right? Because we do 50 podcasts a year. Wow. 
<laughs> and you know get paid 10 20 bucks which is again thank you <laughs> from patreon yeah because i was out in california i'm out in california i'm at the comedy store where jeff ross is the king the king of comedy at the comedy store jeff ross runs the comedy store pretty much he really is the king he he pulls in in his car he he can park in the parking lot where nobody can pull like he you know i was allowed to park there because I am a friend of Jeff Ross. I mean, you got to see it to believe it. That's why I got mad at this girl, Elise DeLucci, who I was hanging out with for a while. She was very, she's very nice. So, you know, she was always asking, hey, can you, can, is there a way I can open for somebody? Or can you get put me Jeff's radar or something? So I set her up with Jeff in the sense of, you know, going to see him at the comedy store and she overslept. I mean, that kind of stuff when you're trying to help somebody out, it, it's, I'm like, I'm, I'm setting you up with the king of the comedy store. I don't know if he can get you on, but he can introduce you to everybody at the Comedy Store. And if you've seen the documentary on the Comedy Store on Showtime by Mike Binder, which is very good, very entertaining. I don't know whether it was two hours or four parts or four hours. I can't remember, but it was very good. They brought everybody back. Michael Keaton, David Letterman, Jim Carrey. Everybody came back to talk about the Comedy Store and its legendary greatness. But Jeff Ross is the immediate king of the Comedy Store. And we're sitting out, and the comedy store is great. I mean, it's like the cellar in the sense of the hangout, but it's 10 times better than the cellar because you can hang out outside. So all these people can, there's a bar outside, which is the total hang. You know, inside the comedy store, you got that one table, which I don't even know if it exists anymore. I mean, you got this one table that can fit about eight people, and that's about it. Outside, you have everybody, younger comics, newer comics, older comics, you know, everybody's hanging out outside, and then you got the inside. Just California just has bigger spaces and places to go, so the comedy store is great. So Jeff and I are hanging outside talking to some kids, maybe, uh, maybe at, I guess at the bar outside, like right right off Sunset Boulevard. I mean, it couldn't be any, in a way, more romantic uh, in your head, you know, to picture doing comedy if you have lived here your whole life. You go out to California, and you're like on Sunset Boulevard hanging out with the comics. And, you know, even when I hang out with, a tell and stuff like that. I, when we're out in LA, it's, it, it feels, I don't know. Re, I guess because we're in a different location, it just feels cool. It's interesting and different. So we're sitting outside one day. And like I said, I have definitely told you this on the last time I was out in LA. This is the last time I was out in LA just before COVID and Gallagher comes up. I didn't recognize him at all. He was an old man. I didn't recognize him. And Jeff knew, of course, who he was right away because Jeff knows everybody. And he comes over with his son. Seems like a lovely kid. I don't know how old the kid is. Let's say he's 15. So it's me, Jeff, Gallagher, and his son. And Jeff goes, who, who's this, Gallagher 3? And I laugh hysterically. His son laughs hysterically, and Gallagher doesn't get the joke. So... Fuck him. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You don't get that joke. Gallagher 3 is one of the quickest, funniest, easiest things I've ever heard that is the is one of the greatest bits that just came out of the air. That The, the greatness of Jeff on the spot like that. Gallagher 3. He's quest and, and Gallagher doesn't find it funny. What a complete asshole. I want to say good riddance, but I've heard he was kind of a dick. I mean, you know, I didn't care if he lived or died. It didn't affect me, but Jesus Christ. I mean, for real, you're at the comedy store with your son. 
you sold your act to somebody called Gallagher 2, and you're not going to find somebody says Gallagher 3 funny. You are an asshole. I got to do some research on this guy and see if anybody liked him or not, because I haven't heard anything about him. Nobody seemed to care. Nobody put out, you know how people on Facebook and Twitter, well, for example, the other guy that died is Bud Friedman. Now, Bud Friedman is a legend. I mean, Gallagher is a legend. There's no doubt about it. In the lore of stand-up comedy, Gallagher is a legend. But in the other side of stand-up comedy, Bud Friedman is a legend. Bud Friedman invented the improv, the legendary improv, which has spanned all over the country. There's places ever, the Tampa improv, the Orlando improv, the, you know, everybody's an improv, and it's all started by this guy, Bud Friedman. And, of course, the New York improv, which you see on Seinfeld every other episode. Jerry is performing at the New York Improv on 44th and 8th, where we, me, and Atel first used to hang out, and we met all these people who were living legends, but we were lucky enough to be at the Improv, not in its heyday, but before its heyday was over. Unfortunately, it was run by this horrible woman, his ex-wife, called Silver. And in the divorce settlement, Silver got the improv and ran it into the ground. Now, unfortunately, again, the best thing to come out of that marriage is Zoe Friedman, who is a very good friend of mine who I've known since the 80s, and I, I, I texted her and I was upset to hear about her dad. I don't know if I'll text her about sorry to hear about her mom. Her mom was horrible to me. She was a horrible human being. And I think think I told you I, I oh you know what the fuck I'll tell the story I don't know whether I told you this Zoe Friedman is such a, a very lovely and wonderful person that I've known for so many years the daughter of Bud Friedman and unfortunately Silver Friedman I keep saying unfortunately because Silver was so mean so nasty to me in particular some people worship her because she started them out she was just really really nasty to me and one day we were at the gong show uh, in Los Angeles filming the gong show and we were outside getting high which now I can tell you because it's legal and Zoe and I are getting out I think with Andy Dick <laughs> how's that for a pairing I think it was the three of us and maybe somebody else I don't remember but I remember Andy Dick being there too and this guy uh, if I never hang out with that guy again it'll be fine because he really is the real deal of a very very insane crazy person at every minute, you're like, is this guy going to flip out on me? I don't know what's happening here. But anyway, Zoe's the key. And I was so high, and I was like, do you remember the improv? Remember that horrible woman that ran the improv? And I'm pretty sure I used the C word. And I'm like, oh, my God, that woman was the worst. Is she still alive? What the fuck is the matter with her? And she goes, you mean my mother? And I'm like, what? 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 No, no, no. What I, what I, what I was talking about. There was no way out. I was. I, I knew it was her mother, but I forgot. I make the disconnect because I've done that in my head. That the disconnect. That how could this wonderful woman Zoe be a product of this horrible, awful woman that is in my mind forever as just the, this ogre? And I fucked up. I was high because you mean my mother. No, no. What I what I was talking about is uh, there's Silver Free and then there's Goldie Friedman. You don't know her. This is a different, I was mixing up the silver and the gold. I, my dad used to work for a Goldie Freeman. That's who I was. And she ran a comedy club too? Yes. Yes, yes. 
Yes, she did. She she ran a very small comedy club out of Edison, New Jersey, uh, called uh, the 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 the, the, uh, the Ha Ha Lounge, and uh, uh, that was a bad day. But we've recovered from that. And the thing about Zoe also was that you know she used to work. Uh, you know, obviously her mother got her a job working at the Improv. So me and Atel and her were been friends for years. We're all about the same age. When the Letterman Show was looking for a new comedy booker, Zoe got the job, and everyone was thrilled because that at that time, you know, getting on Letterman or getting on the Tonight Show was the biggest deal. But Letterman was the New York place. And for her to get the job, everyone was thrilled because I think she had already worked at Comedy Central or whatever. So this was a huge deal for the comedy community because everyone was because, you know, sometimes you hear about somebody getting the job. and They're like, they know nothing about comedy. How can this have happened? But this was like everyone was on board because they knew if there was one person that knew everything about stand up comedy, it's Bud Friedman's daughter who has been in the world of stand up comedy since she was born. And she really knows comedy. So even if she didn't like you, which she would never say to somebody, she had a knowledge of comedy and things were going to run right at the Letterman show. She was going to pick the appropriate people to be on the Letterman show. In fact, I believe she even discovered kind of Dane Cook during his day, which is so funny that it's completely over. I remember her taking him to Catch a Rising Star and like, you know, she would travel around with the comics for the week and, you know, tailor their sets and make sure everything was fine. She was very diligent at her job. In fact, one time we, uh, I've told you that we've spent Thanksgiving together because unfortunately on the Letterman show, Letterman was such a dick, he made everybody work on Thanksgiving. Now that's okay if you're doing a one-off like, hey, we, you know, we work on Thanksgiving, this is the deal. It was a one-time thing. A live show, and th- not a live show, but they were, you know, taping their regular time. It's, it's a dick move, really. You could totally tape it the day before, but he was like, no, I want to do it on Thanksgiving because I'm miserable and I hate my life, so I'm going to make all you hate it. And again, I wouldn't have even cared. It would get, like, I went there because I had nowhere to go to Thanksgiving during this time. This is the 90s. Uh, my sister was in California. I hated my parents. So I had nowhere to go. So I was like, I'll go to the Letterman show Thanksgiving. It was great because everybody was so nice there. But and the food was okay, you know. I told I've, I've told you before on out of the four hundred pockets, I've told you the story before. But they try to get cute with the turkey, you know, like oh, there's an in, there's a curry feel to you know, like all this. They try and make it fancy, which is nice. But Thanksgiving's Thanksgiving. You want the uh, you want the the peppermint patty yelling at like, where's the pumpkin pie? Where's the mashed potatoes? What kind of a Thanksgiving dinner is this? Where's the turkey, Chuck? Don't you know anything about Thanksgiving dinners? Where's the mashed potatoes? Where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the pumpkin pie? You were kind of rough on Charlie Brown, weren't you, sir? Rough? Look at this. Is this what you call a Thanksgiving Day dinner? Did we come across town for this? We are supposed to be served a real Thanksgiving dinner. What is this, Chuck? You know, you want you want her... Peppermint Patty screaming on why nothing is normal. And again, it was a lovely time. Paul Schaefer is there. We're all, everybody's hanging out. Everybody's screwed for Thanksgiving. And Letterman never shows up. I mean, he shows up due to the show, but he doesn't even come down 
to get a plate of food. Even Jay Leno, who I really can't stand. I don't want him to get burned, but I mean, this guy is such a, uh, what do you call it? A, a, a mouse, you know, like a, just a loser. Uh, well, he's definitely not a loser, but you know what I'm saying? He's not an upstanding guy. He would definitely come to the staff and say, I, I just want to thank everybody for working. I know it's Thanksgiving away from a family. He would come down and say something. And the leader has to come down and say something. Something. It's like an Independence Day when the, 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 the president of the United States has to. You got to say something to the people. You got to say something. You got to give them hope. Like Joshua says to Moses in the Ten Commandments, you got to give the people hope. Let him in, he says, has his assistant come down, get him a plate of food, and go upstairs where he's hiding. I mean, what a piece of shit. I mean, seriously, that's uncool. And I always said to myself, if I was ever on the Letterman show, I would just, I would let him have it. But of course, we all know that's full of shit. But I certainly would like to, because that is not cool. Just come, all you got to do is come down. Your workers are there for you. They trust you. They may not like you, and they may not like working on Thanksgiving, but if you show them a, a united front, like, hey, I'm upset that I, I'm working Thanksgiving too. I don't know why we put this together. I mean, just something would have made everybody feel great. The guy never came down. I'll never forget. He had his assistant, his stripper, ex-stripper assistant. What was her name? Diamond something. I can't remember what it was. Had her, her bring him a plate of fucking food. That was so uncool unbelievably uncool what a prick that guy was we should be grateful he's gone even though listen you we all worship that show the show was amazing he's like david tell he's a dick 23 hours a day but he's on stage for that one hour he is the fucking best i mean letterman was awesome anyway back to bud friedman who of course letterman got started thanks to bud friedman too bud friedman you know was a tv star Really, because he started the evening at the Improv. He's actually the cause of why there's so many bad comics. Because once it started going on television weekly, and you saw all these comics, not everybody can be Seinfeld. So you're seeing, you know, they have five comics an hour on a Sunday night, and you're like, Jesus, I could do this because they had. Well, listen, I was on, you know. So, you know, anybody could. How would you not be sitting there going, anybody could do this? But it was great. He used to wear this monocle, if you remember correctly, and he had like a thing about himself. You know, he wasn't funny, but he invented this thing, and then everybody ripped it off. Caroline's ripped it off. Uh, Who's that other guy uh, that was on The Odd Couple? Uh, Not Bob Zane, but Bob. I I can't remember. Somebody else ripped it. It was called Comedy on the Road. Uh, Everybody tried to rip it off because it was easy, and it cost nothing, and it gets your comedy club on the TV. So, but still, it was exciting. So, so one time I was in L.A. in the 80s, and I asked Zoe, I'm like, hey, do you think I could get out at the club? She goes, let me ask my dad. And his, her dad called me and said, are you the young man that my daughter says is funny? And I'm like, uh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, that's me. And he called, and he, and he gave me a spot at the improv. It was really exciting. I guess it was like 1989 or 88 or or whatever, and it was really great. And I've called Zoe for years and say, can I get a spot at the Improv? I mean, up until in the 2000s, and she's been nothing but nice. But still, it was exciting seeing her father. I saw her again. I saw him again after that. I don't know if he was the greatest guy or not from what I've heard, but he certainly was a TV star. You know, when I met him, he was a TV star. You know, good or bad, he was definitely a TV star. He was on TV all the time. And, uh, of course, evening at the Improv is immortalized in the simpsons when i think i think it's the episode where 
they're doing like an O.J. Simpson thing and Homer's on trial. You know, he's getting caught for something. He smacked a girl's ass, but it was an accident. He was ripping off a gummy bear from her butt and he got on trial and everything got, uh, you know, it was awful. And then he's like, oh, I don't want to watch anything about me. I'll just turn to A&E where they have nothing but the 80s. And they cut to an evening at the improv where this guy is going like, this black guy is going like, now, white guys drive like this. Do, 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 do. And black guys drive like this. Hey, look at And Homer's like, oh, my God, it's so true. Oh, it's the funniest thing. So it was a very legendary show that Bud Friedman uh, started, and now he is gone. And the last person that died is this guy, Kevin Conroy, who you definitely don't know unless you're, I don't know, like a dude like myself, maybe 10 years younger, who grew up on those amazing Batman cartoons on the WB. He was the voice of Batman, and he was the best, just the way Mark Hamill is, you know, the amazing voice of the Joker is so talented, if you, if you don't know, on these cartoons. So it was this guy, Kevin Conroy's Batman, Mark Hamill is the Joker, and they made a fortune together. This guy was a great Batman. It's exactly the way you want Batman. People wanted him to be in the Batman movies, because he was the guy, but you know, he just didn't have the, he didn't have the look, he didn't have the the swag. He just had the voice. And thought you'd like to be conscious for your own demise. I really put some effort into this one. Once I spin the wheel, you, the casino, and that strutting fool Kaiser will all be blown sky high. Not bad, eh? You won't get Kaiser. He's been playing you for a patsy. Hey, he's counting on you to blow this place up so he can collect the insurance. By the time you get clear, Kaiser will be miles away laughing at you. I hate it when you make sense. I'll settle my score with Kaiser man to clown, but that still doesn't let you off the hook. How about that, Bats? Looks like your number's up. <laughs> The only time I ever saw him, he was in, I think, a Flash episode where they were combining all these universes, and he was Batman in one of them, and it seemed okay to me, but, oh, what a voice he had in him, which was great. He was on all the incarnations, the Batman Beyond, and the, the Batman, the be, be, Behold the Batman. Kevin Conroy was a, an amazing voiceover actor, and... Any kid who grew up on that amazing, seriously, WB Batman, when they restarted doing the animated series, it was so good. The music, uh, I guess they used the music from the movie, but boy, was it good. It was really entertaining. I guess I guess this was what my dad was into. I guess it was the early 2000s or something, or maybe it was the late 90s. Cause, right, because I remember, you know, my uh, brother-in-law was into it, and my, you know, Dory was into it, and we all loved it was really, really good. If you ever get a chance, I think they're on, I don't know, HBO, I, Disney? I I don't know who owns them anymore, but they're very entertaining, and this guy was really good. You know, he was doing the voice he wanted to be like, uh, it was the Joker. I know it now. I didn't realize it then. Don't you realize that? Wait, I'm doing, I'm doing Joe Flaherty doing Clint Eastwood on SCTV, but... <laughs> But you get the drift, and uh, he will be missed, unlike Gallagher, who will not be missed. Is that a horrible thing to say? You're damn right it is. 
Well, let's move on to Saturday where I went to see my alma mater, Ithaca College, play at Yankee Stadium, play this uh, awful school called Cortland. And they were at Yankee Stadium. And my friend Evan said he bought the tickets a year ago. He goes, I don't want you to miss out because the last time we went, it was really fun. So I took the day off from work. And that was my plan. Now, meanwhile, it was 70 degrees outside. 70. That's last Saturday. So I go out at 9.30 or 9 o'clock. I figure I'm going to get there at 10. I don't even know when everybody's going. We're the... I don't know where we were tailgating. I don't know. I had other friends coming in. I'm just going to leave at 9 o'clock and take the subway before train up to Yankee Stadium. Of course, I'm already pissed that I have to take the subway on my day off from work. You know what I'm saying? But that's the best way to get there. Couldn't be easier. And I'm dressed, but I'm, like, angry that it's hot because I'm like, ugh. But I wear a light jacket. I walk outside. I'm like, I don't need a jacket. I don't need a jacket. This sucks. I want to wear a jacket. And I'm sure when I get to this, if it was at MetLife, I'd bring a jacket because it's always windy. But this is Yankee Stadium, and the last time I was there, it was so hot, so I'm not going to wear a jacket. I went back upstairs. I just stuffed my pockets and did the best I could in just going out and trying to forget that I needed a jacket. And I got in the subway. I got there way earlier than everybody else. So I'm sitting on a bench at Yankee Stadium. I think I took a picture. I don't know. And I was like freezing. <laughs> of course I was. I was so angry about it. too. <laughs> but then as it went on, everything was fine. I, you know, I knew I was going to, you know, drink. And then I wouldn't, I didn't even remember what the weather was after I started drinking. I got hammered. We first started go, my friend Evan met me, I don't know, at 10. And we went to this place right next to Yankee Stadium. I never been to any of the bars by Yankee Stadium. I hate Yankee Stadium. I don't like that area. I told you I don't like the Bronx. I don't like the Yankees, but even though I don't like the Yankees, I don't mind going to a Yankee game. I just, I don't like that stadium. I like City Field better. This comes up later. But again, that doesn't matter. You know, you know Yankees, you know, going to a ball game, going to a ball game. So I've just never been to any of the bars outside. I don't know why. And there's a place called the Dugout. Now in Ithaca, there was a place we used to go out called the Dugout. So we're like, let's go there. Just made the most sense. It's like in this movie, Time After Time, with Malcolm McDowell and Mary Steenburgen from 1979, is off the top of my head, where he plays H.G. Wells, goes back in a time machine to San Francisco, and he's trying to cash in some coins to get some local currency, and he's going to all these banks, and nobody cash it, and then he sees the Bank of London, and then he gets really excited, and that's where you know, everything comes together. Mmm, mmm. This is delicious. Mm-hmm. Far superior to that Scottish place where I breakfasted. Scottish. MacDougall's. Mmm. If you think that's something, you ought to see the Golden Gate. Oh, what's that? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Now, how'd you decide to visit this place? Stick a pin in a map or something? The Golden Gate. <laughs> the Golden Gate. <laughs> hey, you wanna drive across it? Oh, is it for motor cars? why I told that tangent is why you like just get in the city anyway so we go to the dugout and the guy goes go to the back that's where the Ithaca people I guess the court so there's there's two separate bars like you walk into the bar it's pretty it's not that crowded but it's crowded 10 o'clock in the morning and then you make a turn to the right and there's a whole nother big section there and it wasn't that crowded but it was great immediately went to the bar 
got a Pabst Blue Ribbon can. Yeah, I wasn't even sure if they were serving drinks because it was so early, but they were. Everything was cool. Everybody was partying. The music was loud. I was having a good time. Then we found there was like an outside area we could hang out in, which we did for a while. When we came back in from that outside, it was blasting. It was packed. And now it's 1030, 11. It was packed. They were playing the, you know, BPM music and the, uh, and it just, it was just packed with people of all age. Well, I guess they were all younger, I guess. I don't, you know, because there are people of all ages, people my age, there's people who just graduated, you forget, like, you know, they're 22. It was packed. But all within the computer, you know, and then when you see the Cortland people, you punch them in the face. That's what you do. No, it was really fun, but we needed to leave there because I guess we were too old for that. And then we met another friend, and then we sat outside. There was just a table outside on the road, and we drank some more. So I had already had a lot of drinks already. By the time we actually went into the game, because I think we waited a while, because there was such, this is why I hate Yankee Stadium. I mean, this is why. This is exactly what happened last time. It's just too long a line to go, but you just got to, you just got to be smart and just walk to there's there's other entrances, but people don't realize that. So we went around to another entrance. We got in. We got got to our seats. I think I was trying to call my friends. This wonderful guy I've known for years, and and his friends. These guys we used to live in, uh, you know, college together on the same floor, but they were two years younger. My friend Carl, uh, he's the best. He's in my football pool for years, you know, and 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 this guy Adam and their wives and Carl's kids went. They were there because they went to Ithaca and everything. It's really great. We've kept in touch for years. So anyway, we're sitting at this section. Uh, I, I think I took a picture. By this time, I was really hammered. I, mean, I was high. I was drunk. I mean, really hammered. I, I, I don't know whether I had shots. I don't know. But I was a mess. But in the best way. I was having a great time. At this point, the weather was perfect, I guess. I don't even remember if I was cold or not. And we're sitting in these seats, and everybody's having a good time, and Ithaca's winning, and it's exciting, and it's exciting watching a game, a football game at Yankee Stadium. Everything about it was super fun. Then at half, I say, I'm going to go find my friends. They told me where they were, so I go to look for them, and I find them. And then we find this section, which is like this bar where you can just kind of overlook the stadium. It has nothing to do with our seats, which was awesome. I just hang out there the rest of the game. And I called my friend out. I'm like, come up here. It's great. I know we paid for those seats, but this is better. And he agreed. It was great. And then I was going to hang out with my friends. We bought more beers. And I was really having a great time. I think I have pictures. I don't remember. I was so hammered that I had met one of my sister's friends. She's like, David. And I'm like, hey, you. I couldn't know who it was, and then she told me who she was. I'm like, oh, that's right. Your son slept at my house. That's Sure, sure. I gave her a hug. We took a picture. Beth called me later. She goes, hey, uh, I heard you ran into Pam. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Do you, give, do you, have, you have her number? I can give her a call. I feel bad. I, I think I might have been a little drunk. She's like, that's what she said. I'm like, oh, she could tell? Because I can't tell if anybody could tell. And I called her up, and she goes, hi, drunkie. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Whatever, though, it was a good drunk. It was fun. I wasn't sloppy. It wasn't falling down. You know, it was just having a good time, right? So we go back to this area, and we watch the rest of the game, and it's really fun, and we're hanging out, and then we finally leave. Evan goes his way because he's got to go to work. This is the guy that works on Live PD, which is now called something else, and it's on the Reels channel, and if you can find it, 
you remember that show, you know, three hours every Friday and Saturday. So he's got to go to work, but he doesn't drink anymore. So he's in good shape. The other guy with, with this guy, Scott, he's insane. So I, I didn't care where he was. I mean, he, he's really, he was out of his mind. So I was, <laughs> I mean, it was nice to see him, but uh, I was okay to not hang out. So I'm like, oh, I'll go home with you guys. I'll show you how to write ru- ru- the, they're like, hey, can you tell us how to get out, how to work the subway? And I'm like, absolutely. So they follow me and I had just had a bunch of money on my Metro card. So I got everybody to the subway. Oh, oh right. So I got everybody to the subway. And I'm using my Metro card to let everybody through. And just before I put myself in, it stops. Not because I didn't have money on my card. Just because for some reason, the Metro card, you can't put more than like five people in. They think you've stolen it. But that's ridiculous. So then I couldn't, I put more money on. I couldn't go in. It was, it was ridiculous. I should have just gotten a new card and realized the situation. But I was hammered. So I tried to jump the turnstile. I tried to jump over, put my arms on the two turnstiles and jump over the the, the, the little metal bar and I couldn't make it and you could see me falling backwards and you could the what I the vision in my head is my friends being shocked because they're from Rochester and they're like what is he doing and I fell completely backwards on my back knowing full well I was going to fall and to keep my head up so I don't hit that on the ground but I fell completely backwards it was so embarrassing but I was laughing because what did I just do? When I came back late, I was just like, I fell out of the goddamn car. Car, is that the funniest thing you've ever said? I fell out of the goddamn car. Ow! Oh, oh, oh. Isn't that just a bomb? I fell out of the goddamn car. Is that the funniest thing ever? I mean, that's pretty much what happened. I fell out of the goddamn car. Right out of Arthur. So then, before in the morning, when I was going to the subway, this lady, I don't want to say jumped the turnstiles. She went through the turnstiles without paying. And I watched her do it. She went through. And she was a big girl. And she weaseled her way into the thing, and I said, well, I saw this lady do this, and I couldn't care less. I was hoping the cops would stop me, because I'm like, hey, I got plenty of money on this card. I'm trying to pay. Fuck you. What the fuck is this about? So what am I supposed to do? Just stay here until some clock says I can go? So I'm determined to get through, and I did it the way this lady did it, and just squeezed through, and it completely worked. But it was, you know, it was hilarious, and for them shocking then it gets worse so i'm on the platform i'm talking to mile a minute just like what i'm doing now and i keep and they're asking me questions i say well city field is a better you know a better stadium but you know this this place they didn't build it right but yankee fans are such pricks that they won't even admit because it's the yankees that this stadium isn't as nice as city field and then of course there's a guy sitting there in a yankee hat and a stupid Cortland jersey the team that just lost and he goes, What you are you calling me an idiot? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, you get it. I'm calling you an idiot. If you think that this stadium is better than City Field, you're an idiot. And he's like, What? You got a problem with what I'm saying? Something like that. We got into it, right? And and, and I, I I saw the guy and I'm like, I, I can take this guy. You know, he was just a regular white guy, a uh, young kid, and he's wearing a Yankee hat and a Cortland jersey. So he was arch enemy number one. But he just kept it up. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm just saying that you don't have the prowess of saying hey, you know, maybe City feels just a little nicer, but you can't say it because you hate the Mets. He's like, 
so you call me an idiot. I'm like, yes, that's, I don't know what you're not grasping. I am calling you an idiot. He was with his girlfriend. It escalates to we get on the subway and it continues to escalate. My friends again from Rockton, they are just, their mouths are open. They're, they can't believe this is happening because they're going like, does this happen to you on a daily basis? I'm like, no, this is abnormal. And so I'm in the middle of the, the car. It's packed. The kid's on the thing. He's still escalating. He's still talking. And he's like, oh, maybe I'll follow you home and then I'll kick your ass. I'm like, oh, you wouldn't be able to follow me. I could lose you. And I don't know what the fuck I was saying. Like, I was just like, dude, you're a loser. Look at your shirt. I mean, it's embarrassing that you're even still doing this. You just lost. It's, I was doing, what was I doing the line from? Bring it on. <laughs> when the football team is messing with the guys who are cheerleaders and they're like, hey, sissy, you're cheerleaders. Like, dude, you just lost. So I was doing that because, you know, I pull from movies. That's how I go on. But the crowd, so my friends were like, just look this way. Please just look this way and stop because it's escalating. This guy's such a prick. So then he says, oh, you're just a white privileged motherfucker, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what? This is a white guy calling another white guy this. And that's when the black people on the subway got angry at that guy. And the people that were sitting goes, Why to me, goes, why don't you just sit down? I mean, this guy's obviously more. The black guy, two black guys get up and give me their seat. Because this guy was a piece of shit. And when he saw the black guys get up, he shut up. It was really amazing. Because he, he, he made the one flaw that's not, you're not going to win an argument. A white guy calling another white guy white privilege. What a, that's when people knew he was out of control. So the black people on the subway were very kind and they helped me. And it was just so ridiculous. And then we just sat there and everything was okay the guy got nothing ever happened after that it was really funny but my friends after we got off at grand central they were like <laughs> car goes my wife was just impressed you didn't back down i'm like well for that guy i mean i definitely assessed the situation but i was in full i could i could fight today i was hammered and then I took him to a Starbucks and they bought me a vanilla latte really hit the spot because i was starting to get a headache because i stopped drinking and I walked them back to the Marriott Marquette. I walked my friend Carl back. He had to go to the bathroom. It was exciting being back up there. Uh, we took a picture. It's so beautiful there. I love that Marriott Marquette. It's my favorite. And they're like, oh, we're going to uh, you know, rest, and then we're going to meet t- uh, Tom and Margie at 8. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm done. That's it for me. I, <laughs> the day drinking is not going to work for me. So I walked home. And I, I, I made some calls. I just got home. I'm like, oh, this is, this is definitely it. I have a splitting headache. And then I just sat on my couch and just sat. I was like, now what do I do? It was still, was it daylight? I think it was still daylight. No, it couldn't have been because the time, I don't know. It was five o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, now what do I do? Day drinking sucks unless you're going all in. There was no way I could fall asleep. I couldn't pass out. It was just, I just sat there in front of the TV and was hoping to doze off a little bit. And which happened, I was in and out. And then I think I ordered a pizza. I don't know what happened, but. It was so funny because the next day I woke up and I was like, fuck, I can barely, I was, you know, I usually put my arms together like in a little exercise way. I'm like, what, what the fuck is the matter with my arms and my legs are killing me? I forgot I fell trying to jump the turnstiles. I couldn't figure out how I got in all this pain. Something must have happened. I I went back in everything and I totally forgot about that. I'm like, oh my, when I was putting my shirt on, I'm like, what the fuck? And then I realized I had fallen and I couldn't get up. 
and that's why I was in so much pain. So remember Sunday, I got to work. So I worked on Sunday and remember what happened last Sunday. You know, everybody's at my house. I'm working four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I kick off my, I'll sit down. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to watch football. And that's happened this Sunday. You know, I'm like, oh, what a day yesterday. I finished work finally. Thank God. I sit down in that same couch area, watch football, and I get a text. Remember last week, a text from Jeff. I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just, well, I am complaining because that's the fun, but it's fun to complain about this. I get a text from Sarah Silverman. She's like, uh, do you want to have dinner? And I'm like, son of a bitch. I almost made it. And this time she's staying in Tribeca. And I'm like, I go down. Now, meanwhile, today, now Sunday, it's, it's freezing. It's 40 degrees. I wasn't wearing a jacket. The day before, it was 70 degrees. It's 40, and I'm riding the bike down to Tribeca. It's freezing. It's windy. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. This part sucks. It's freezing. Why am I riding the bike? Because what the fuck? I don't care. I like taking that bike everywhere. I'll do anything to not be on the subway. And I went all the way down there, and we just hung out. We went to a restaurant called, I think I've told you about it before, called Bubby's, which we go to. It's like comfort food. I think I had the, uh, oh, I had, that's, I, that's right, I had deviled eggs and meatloaf. Another challenge for my stomach. I definitely have pictures of that. I had the meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and like four deviled eggs. And the deviled eggs were delicious, uh, so it worked. And some iced tea. It was fantastic. It was a great meal to have. I didn't want to drink anything else. And we had a really great time. I think I walked back. To, oh, no, then we went to her hotel we had some tea. I had some green tea. And then she put me in an Uber. I said, she's like, how are you getting home? I'm like, I'm going to take the bike. She's like, no, no, no. Let me give you an Uber. I'm like, no, no. I like to like walk it off. But it was so cold and windy. I'm like, all right, I'll take the Uber. And boy, was that great. It really was great. And it just, you know, I forgot where I was. But it's easy to get home from there to where I live because you just circle around the bottom of Manhattan and take the FDR drive up, and it was it was good. Normally, I, as you know, I, and I hadn't been drinking or anything. If I was drinking, I definitely would prefer to walk, walk it off. But I also like to walk off the meal too. But it was just too windy and cold, and I think I was ready to go home. So that was pretty good. And then I knew on Monday I was going out too, so there was no rest. I got home, I woke up early, and then I my plan was I leave work at four o'clock. And I was going to walk to the Comedy Cellar where they had a memorial for the security guard that used to, or the security guard slash bouncer that used to work there for years. His name was Steve. And I told you about him last week or the other week. And what a terrific guy. And they had a memorial service for him from 2 to 6. I'm like, oh, my God, that works out perfect for me. So I am able to go 2 to 6, right? Normally, any other job you would have, you'd be like, ah, crap, I can't go. But I'm glad I went. Everybody was, everybody was telling stories about him. So it was packed at the uh, Fat Black, and they had, I saw everybody, and I saw Marina, and I saw everybody, and, and Attell was, <laughs> most of the other security guards or his family were getting up and telling a story, but then Attell was the first comic to get up, and he just killed it. I mean, it's like, it's sick what he does, and people were on the floor laughing. He just says, oh my God, you got him flat, and his family's there, his wife, his kids, they're right in the front. We're right there on top of each other. It's not like a, it's, it's a very small stage, it's not like the Comedy Cellar or the uh, Village Underground. And it tell goes, you know he didn't like floral arrangements. I mean, why would you do that? He liked edible arrangements because he was a fat, big fat. I mean, it wasn't fat. He was just a big guy, but the sweetest, sweetest guy. And that's, of course, where all the stories were. And 
as we know, besides Gallagher, most of nice people keep dying, not the douchebags. So that sucked. But I'm glad I went. And then my plan, I went with Rachel. Oh, my God. I went with Rachel. I forgot about this. I went with, not Rachel. I went with Marina uptown because I was going to meet this girl, Rachel, another girl named Rachel, comic, who I just met at Richard Klein's class that day. I think I told you. I wanted to see her comedy. I want to see if she's any good because then I can't hang out with her if she stinks. And she was performing at the Broadway Comedy Club. I said, I'll meet you there because that's where I, you know, I have wings right there. So I'll come see your show. So we took the subway up, and there was a guy kind of, not yelling, but he was talking too much to a, a, a mother and her two kids, and he was making trouble. And me and Marina are just sitting there. We're watching the whole thing. Then the mother and the kids get up to leave, and he follows them. And I said, Marina, what should we do? What should we do? And I swear to God, I'm so upset about this. I did nothing. I could have totally gotten in the middle. And they're like, well, you don't know what he's like. I'm like, no, no. You could tell with this guy. He definitely doesn't have a gun. He might have a knife, but I feel like if I just stopped him and said, hey, why don't you sit with us and, and just did something, he wouldn't have terrorized this mother and her two kids, and nobody on the subway did anything. We just stared. It was awful. It was awful. I should have done something. I panicked. I didn't do it in the mo- moment. I Again, maybe I should have been drinking. That would have been better for me or something. I guess I would have stepped up, and I didn't, and I'm mad at myself forever and i said marina we stink we stink we could have handled this guy just one guy and he's obviously you know old and homeless i mean i i, I you know you, you assess the situation the best you can can i take this guy can i can i handle this can i be aware of it? i mean this is what you do especially as a man what kind of man am i it was so uncool he's just bothering this lovely mother and her two kids and the t- kids were terrible it was horrible and he's not doing anything weird but he's just i you know who knows what he's talking to them about i don't know but i should have done something and i didn't and i feel absolutely off they got off at the next stop and that's not where they wanted to get off and the guy stayed on the subway and uh you know in this day and age it is difficult to make a decision uh but i felt bad and then i got off and went to see this girl's show and uh then i saw alan was there too which was great so i got to see him and I saw this girl, and she was funny, or she could be. I feel like she has potential. Like, I really do believe that. Like, you know, I always have to tell myself, wait, do I like her because she's pretty? Or do I like her because I think she has potential? But um, like with Olga, I, I, was, I was convinced she did have potential. So then she came with me to the bar to get the wings, and me and Murphy were, me and Chris Murphy, the original, the OG of wings, we're just going to meet at Scruffy Duffy. So she hung out with me, had a drink. Then she had to leave to go somewhere else, which was perfect because then Chris came in, little tag team action, and me and Chris had the best time. We didn't invite any of these other girls. That was the key. No Kate, no nonsense, no nobody. We just got there. I had one beer. I had an additional beer with the, with the wings. So two beers. I had I had uh, eight hot and ate medium. I ate all 16 because they were delicious. Chris had eight medium and eight barbecue. And we just, we had a great time. The, we loved the bartender there. And we left at the half. Exactly the way I want to do it every week. And there was no pressure to stay. There was no pressure to get another beer. In fact, I stayed just a little longer to finish the half. I had a Coke. 
with lemon. And then we got the check, and the bill was 56 bucks. A normal, more like feasible amount than it has been with inviting these girls who sometimes I, I pay for whatever. Or they wanted, I don't know. All I know was that made sense. And it was a great night. And then we walked home and we talked. He, he always walks me to my house. And then he took a city bike down to his place. And we it was really the best night of wings I had all season. I, I, I think when it comes to the wings, it's like, yeah, do I like hanging out with pretty girls? Yes. But maybe not on that night. I mean, I've always liked inviting the more the merrier when it comes to the wings. But it has to be people that kind of get it. And most of the girls I invite don't even eat the wings there. So I'm like, what is the point? The funny thing is that Kate does, but she's just too involved. She gets mad if I leave it the half. She says, hey, I've told you all this already. So this was a, just an absolute delight. I woke up in a great mood the next morning. I'm like, that was great. And I'm pretty happy about it. And the only thing I wasn't happy about is I'm like, I have no guests for the show on Tuesday. But again, uh, because of the cancellation of Dino, I just can't get back on where I need to be. So... I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I still enjoy doing the show, and I don't really care if I have guests, but it's nice to have a guest. Eh, whatever. When people look at me, all they see is the spoiled daughter of the hotel magnet. I'm coming in, coming in hot. I just want people to remember me for more than my last name. My lady. Where exactly are we going? Sierra Belmont. <laughs> The last year with you has been truly magical. <gasps> Will you marry me? Oh, Tad! What do you mean, who I am? My name is... My name is... So what are we supposed to do with her? I have a place. Does it have room service? Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Where am I? Find my daughter. You like her, don't you? Well, yeah, but... I think you should tell her. Sometimes you can't rush things. <laughs> I just need to find my own way. Yeah. My new movie, Falling for Christmas, coming to Netflix this November. Wednesday after work. I met Sarah again for. I said, "What are you doing Wednesday?" Because she's in town, going over for a week, going over the play because they want to bring it to Broadway. So I said, well, "Why don't we meet on Wednesday again?" So I walk from my office to her hotel, and we just stay in. We order amazing Italian food from Little Frankie's, this place on the east side. I'm like, "Well, you're not suggesting going there, right?" Because it was cold again. She's like, "No, so I'm staying in." And so, <laughs> this is the uh, bad part, but the good part. It, all of it's funny. At my office, I met these two broads. No, I'm kidding. I met these two girls that are just became attorneys at a special bar. We eat lunch together every day, you know, with my friend Chloe. And we all decided that we were gonna have we we're gonna watch the new Lindsay Lohan Christmas special on Netflix and then over Thanksgiving and then discuss it that Monday. So that was the big plan. But Sarah and I decided we would watch the Lindsay Lohan movie and eat the thing, and I'm like, damn it. It's too perfect because otherwise I got to watch it by myself. This is a great idea. So we did it. I just felt bad. I just got to remember. I got to have to watch it again. And I can't. I feel bad. I don't want to tell those girls. Well, see, I figure if I use Sarah's name, then they'll understand. 
maybe I'll have Sarah text them and be like, look, I made him watch it or something like that. So I don't feel bad. I feel like I lost their trust. We watched this movie. What's it called? Falling for Christmas. It's God awful. Not that we expected anything different. She looks awful, which sucks. What is she, 36? I mean, we know she lived a, a tough life, but she was so pretty. Remember I told you the time I met her in person, she was gorgeous and stunning. And now she just, ah, I don't know. And she's the executive producer. I'm like, find better lighting or whatever. I don't. It's hard to explain. You'll see for yourself. Movie's awful. It's just like, I don't know why it's on Netflix and not just on Hallmark. It's a, an exact Hallmark movie. It's got the music playing throughout the entire movie the whole time. And, you know, she's obviously getting engaged. I mean, every premise is the same. He's getting engaged to this guy. He's not the one for her. He meets this other guy. And there's all these elements of nonsense in it and stuff. And she, oh, she gets amnesia. So she doesn't know. It's like uh, Sarah uh, made it to Overboard with Goldie Hawn and uh, Kurt Russell. It's like that. And then she meets these lesser people she's an heiress that, oh that's right and the best part was her father's jack wagner from general hospital do i gotta sing it for you kissing you was not what i had planned and i guess it doesn't matter where i stand i don't know if that's i wasn't looking for true love but now only come with then I don't know what I need. It's just a little more time to show what I feel. Well, he looks amazing still, and I was so excited. And it's so stupid, and the movie's stupid, and yet. Who doesn't love it? It was fun to watch with Sarah. And then when I left the uh, the hotel, there were all these photographers and people out there. And I go out the door and I'm like, hello. And they're like, oh, forget it. No, it's not her or him. I don't know who they were looking for, but it happens a lot at the uh, the Bowery Hotel. And I guess this one. And I don't know. I don't think they were waiting for Sarah, but obviously somebody else must have been staying there. And it was, you know, it's really disappointing when you go out and you're disappointing all the people waiting with old-fashioned cameras and flashbulbs and stuff and you're like oh it's just some loser it's just dave Juskow from Juskow in the city dave look this way how's your podcast going great we're coming up in the big 400th that's what happened it it didn't oh, have you heard any good news today today I want to hear what you have to say. Wait till I- Anywho, I was just reading in the paper today. Here's the headline. Mom, son, dead in apartment. And for some reason, I thought it was exactly the badly decomposed bodies of a middle-aged man and his elderly mother were found in the Lower East Side home this week. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the headline that's going to read for me and Rhoda. And investigators suspect the son, 56... So he's a little, and the mom, 91. This is exactly the way it's going to read. Mom's son, dead in apartment. <laughs> uh, this is the way I, <laughs> as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh my God, that could be me and Rhoda. How exciting. Homer, I've been thinking, if the baby's a boy, what do you think of the name Larry? Marge, we can't do that. All the kids will call him Larry Ferry. The Radio City Music Hall Rockettes are starting today. 
and they have a new thing called the fairy drones. And the fairy drones are drones. No, it actually sounds really fun. They're drones. And I guess they're little fairy drones. <laughs> Although it sounds like I'm saying something completely homophobic. <laughs> and they go out into the crowd uh, as little fa- fairies. <laughs> like, are you allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say that anymore? Oh, my Mr. Roper. <laughs> but it sounds brilliant. I, now I kind of kind of want to go see that show. If they're updating it and putting electronic stuff in and a couple of drones flying over the audience, that sounds like fun. But it's just, oh, have you seen the fairy drones? Hello. Let's do it this way. Went to see the Rockettes yesterday. Got to see the fairy drones. You know what I love about the Rockettes? The fairy drones. I auditioned to become a fairy drone, but they wouldn't let me. Times have changed. Meanwhile, I was also reading about Duran Duran. You know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will air. Before this comes out on HBO, they just did a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about Duran Duran. I guess somebody just wrote a book, and all they were talking about was cocaine, cocaine. These guys used to do so much cocaine. And just like, it's just another book of the rock style, rock star life, like Motley Crue wrote or something like that. But listen, Duran Duran, I mean, it's, they were the shit back then. And if you don't remember, it just, it was. So when they came out with that first album with Girls on Film that, didn't really get here that was like a monster smash you know in in europe right so then when they came out with rio you know we went back to the first one i mean it's like you had a smash album and then your second or yeah second album is just a monster even better that's when you are the ones you are anointed to this greatness because you already have a good one and then you make it better the next time. That's how they made it to this level. Unbelievable. And then I found out, and I played you this before, that song Electric Barbarella they did in the 2000s or the 90s. I played you before. I like it a lot. I didn't realize they got the name Duran Duran from, I think the guy's name Dr. Duran Duran, something like that, from the movie Barbarella. So they've been obsessed with this movie, or Simon Lebon has since he writes all the songs. They've been obsessed with Barbarella forever, so they finally got to write their Barbarella song, which has to be the most exciting thing for the band Duran Duran since that's who they came out, came up with their name from. I wonder if they even got to meet Jane Fonda. Wouldn't that be exciting? And finally, when I go down, uh, when I pick up my mom or I go to my mom's house on Route 9 or on the Turnpike, they New Jersey's had these unbelievable signs like, for example, slow down this ain't Thunder Road, you know, a little Springsteen homage, which makes sense, or get your head out of your apps, hold on to your butts, help prevent forest fires. They've had sassy signs and now the federal highway administration is making them take it off i was like why would they do that this makes so much sense those are signs we read because they're funny and then you're like oh yeah maybe i should slow down i really just don't understand why they're why they feel it's necessary to make it so serious a a campaign like that seems like it works works better 
them being serious because nobody wants to listen to authority. Here's, here's a couple more of them. Don't cruise boozed. Hocus pocus, drive with focus. And nice car. Did it come with a turn signal? I mean, that's funny stuff. What is the matter with these people? And then, well, and here's the worst part. We're glad you're enjoying the new safety messages, but please don't take pictures of the VMS board while driving, the agency tweeted on October 17th. Because I wanted to do that for you guys. It was so funny. I was like, oh, crap. I got to remember to get my camera out so I can take it. So I guess that is the one flaw. But if you have somebody else in the car and you can go through it again, you can remember. But you never remember. But I was upset about that because I kind of enjoy those signs. I'm like, oh. What a pleasant ride this is now that they have uh, put some comedy in. I like that. I find that attractive in a highway. That's all I have to say about that. Well, listen, folks. I mean, that is our show for today. I can't imagine I'm going to be doing anything that much more exciting this week, the week of... Thanksgiving or Pranksgiving, as I like to call it, from The Simpsons. What? But I just, I really hope everybody has a terrific Thanksgiving. I'm, I guess I'm going to my sister's, and you know, I'm always like, is there any other place for me to go? But there's not. And again, my brother-in-law is an outstanding cook. So what are you going to do? We're planning on watching Disenchanted that day, the sequel to Enchanted. But I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to watch it because I need a nap after eating. I mean, everybody needs a nap first. I just need a 30-minute nap, maybe even less, 15 minutes to shut down, and then I'll probably be good for the rest of the night. I definitely want to see Disenchant. It's going to be awesome. Amy Adams, McDreamy, come on. But I really hope everybody has a Thanksgiving, a great Thanksgiving. This is uh, Just Gown City. I'm Dave Just Gown. Seriously, I love you guys so much. When you listen every week like this, and you're so nice, I love hearing from everybody. Thank you so much for being a Patreon subscriber. I am thanksgiving to you. Uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber, I appreciate it so much. You see the the work I really try to put into because I do appreciate your funding some of this. I, I really, really do appreciate it. And I just want everybody to have a, a really pleasant holiday because sometimes holidays are tough. You know, especially if you're somebody like me who doesn't. I mean, I have a family, so I, I can't complain, but you know what I mean. Being single, it's at this age, it's a little awkward sometimes. So I don't know. I just want everybody to be happy and have a good place to go and be warm and have a great time. And let's, you know, come back next week and wrap up this year. Yo, get to the 400th. What's up, yo? Get to 2023. We're going to be teaching classes. I don't know. Does that mean the podcast has to change? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. My students will be listening, right? What? How is this happening? What is going on? And don't, of course, forget to watch Friends. You you want to catch that Brad Pitt episode on Thanksgiving Day? That's the best. That's what we like to do. And remember, bet on football. It's the most American thing you can do for this country (laughs) on Thanksgiving Day. I'll see everybody next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Good night. Her name is Rio and she's...